Praise the Lord. Good morning. We, uh, we're a little bit late right now because we had a wonderful time in the altar this morning. And we uh, thank God. Come on, give a hand to the Lord this morning. We thank God for what the Lord did this morning in the altars. And uh, we thank you for tuning on right now. Uh, we, we give you all the glory and all the honor, Lord, for what you're doing in this service. We thank you, Abba. Uh, people have been touched. People have been ministered to. Uh, but we thank you for connecting with us this morning. Uh, I pray to God that you receive this word that the Lord has instilled in my spirit. And it's uh, it's a now word. We're continuing our series in reference to uh, uh, perspective. Uh, this is the second installment. Uh, so make sure that if you didn't hear last week, make sure that you get uh, listen to that one as well. Um, perspective. Let me give you a summary. We don't understand that God cares and loves us if we focus on things from wrong, from the wrong side or the wrong perspective. Oftentimes, we tend to view God from our own circumstances or based on the love or lack of therefore and of those around us. It happens, it, it depends on whatever life throws our way, or does it depend on whatever life throws our way, or do we have a say-so in the matter? And we got to understand that we have a say-so in the matter. There's things that we could do. There's things that uh, we could pray. There's a, uh, uh, we, we could, we could take control of our environment spiritually if we, if we really want to, if we really want to. Uh, we can find peace among chaos, contentment despite limitations and joy, even in our lowest moment. It comes down to perspective. What's your perspective on things? Um, the definition for perspective from the uh, Britannica Dictionary it says a way of thinking about and understanding something such as particular issues of life or general itself. A condition in which a person knows which things are important and does not worry or think about un unimportant things. A lot of times we put a lot of care into things that are not really important. Not important for the kingdom of God and not important for ourselves either. But we put a lot of time into it. Also, the ability to understand which things are truly important and which things are not important at all. C.S. Lewis said once, we, and I quote, We must learn to live on the heavenly side and look at things above. We must learn to live on the heavenly side. And look at things from above to uh, uh, contemplate all things as God sees them. Not as the world sees them, but as God sees them. As Christ beholds them, overcome sin, defies Satan, and dissolve perplexity. Lift us up trials, lift us up through trials, and separates us from the world and conquers fear and death. Conquers fear and death. Let us pray this morning. Let us go to the Lord in prayer and thank God for this precious day. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your blessings, Lord. We thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would give us the uh, knowledge and understanding, Lord, to receive your word this day, Lord Jesus, and not walk out the same way that we walked in. We declare revelation of your word. 
Holy Spirit, have your way in the service right now. In Jesus' holy name, amen and amen. Perspective is basically the way you look at life and it surprises along the way. There's a lot of surprises that we have in this life that we're living in. Things that happen that we were not expecting whatsoever. A positive mental attitude is especially helpful in times of great challenge and distress. It's very important that we have a good mindset. We often need to encourage one another when things get difficult, especially unexpected things that happen in our life. Uh, we need to be there for one another and lift each other up. There is an old saying in Spanish um, that I, I, I know that most of you uh, know is, si te caen limones del cielo, aprende a hacer limonada. Amén. Si te caen limones del cielo, aprende a hacer limonada. It basically means if lemons fall from the sky, learn how to make lemonade. You know what? Don't lose the opportunity of doing something with it. Whatever you can, don't lose the opportunity. We all like and appreciate someone that believes in us to cheer us up regardless of the challenge that we face in life. And like I said, we constantly are facing challenges in our life. We need somebody to be there for us and, and help us during those times. Not someone with a negative spirit or attitude around us. How many can say amen to that? You don't need anybody around you with a negative attitude around you. You need somebody with a positive attitude. Obviously, that it's going to believe in what you're praying for and what you're and what you're believing for, especially if it aligns with God's word. Amen. If you haven't listened yet to um, uh, Pastor Ricky's message from last week, uh, make sure that you do, because you will understand what I'm talking about right now. But when he was talking about the uh, Gerald TC program last week, um, one of the things that came to my mind when, when I was uh, writing this message was the amount of cadets that were there in the JRLTC team that uh, came from broken home and, and their parents would never be with them when they were traveling in competitions, whether it was state competition or local competition or whatever it was. And here we were, Pastor Yvette and I, Uh, taking pictures of these kids and, and being there with them in the field when they would receive their beautiful medals and their trophies or whatever it might have been because they won a competition. And these parents were not there. Their parents were not there. And obviously, Pastor Yvette and I would take those pictures of those kids and we would send it to them. And that's what they would share with their parents because their parents were never there. And again, everything in life is about perspective. What is truly important and what is not important in your life? And I always believe that for at least for Pastor Yvette and I, it was important to be there with our kids when they were competing or whatever it is that they were doing. We wanted to uh, make sure that we were there. And still to this day, uh, whether it's Ricky, whether it's Christy or Derek, they still talk about us and our involvement with the ROTC program uh, to the extent that after eight years, uh, And the eight years that the kids were there in school, because Ricky was there for four, Christy was there for four years, and then uh, Ricky as well, and, and Derek, I became the, um, the booster club president of, uh, of, of the club that they have there in school, the ROTC uh, club. I became the president for eight years. Um, 
And it all had to do with my involvement with the program. I, I felt like, and, and, and a lot of people would call me, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Gallinar is our father and, and Mrs. Gallinar uh, is our mother because they didn't have their mother and their father there. And, and it's sad to see, you know, how, how parents, those that can't, obviously single mothers that can and they were working a full time and then a, a part time or whatever, they can't get to, uh, to the competitions. I can understand that. But when you have two parents and that none of them could go to the competitions, you know what I'm talking about, Charlotte and Wardy. You know, that parents can't be there and these kids are getting trophies and they're going to nationals and uh, because of what they've done, what they accomplished and their parents are not there. It's, it's difficult for those kids. It's really difficult for those kids. And as a parent, that would bo that that bothered me uh, to see that. Um, the question is not, are we going to face difficulties in life or the loss of a job or the death of a loved one or or life threatened uh, by, by illness or, or just hurricanes that, that came through or a global pandemic like we've had or whatever it might be. The real question is, what are we going to do when those things rise up in our life? How are we going to react when those things come around our path? Because at one point or another, it's going to come. And, and we got to see things from God's perspective. What am I doing? What, what would God want me to do in this situation? And is it real? Yes, it's real. Is it something that I could take control of it? Yes, I can. But a lot of times we need to um, sit back and say, well, am I going to let this thing get to my head or am I going to take control of it? You know, because we can let things in life get into our head and we lose control of the situation and God does not get the, the glory. So we need to have God's perspective and everything that we do. God's perspective is extremely important. In the eighth uh, chapter in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul writes uh, blessing uh, the Christian, uh, the, the blessings that Christian enjoy, and the chief one amongst them, it's obviously the forgiveness of our sins. The forgiveness of our sins, that, that's a huge one that he writes about, you know. Um, knowing that we are forgiven of what we've done, knowing that we are forgiven of our past when we come to Christ and uh, we are, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we were a mess before, but we come to Christ and uh, we become a new creature, a new, a new person. And that, obviously, Paul talks about that immensely in the Word of God. But let's go to the book of uh, Romans right now, book of Romans chapter 8. And I want you to hear what, what he is saying there. Book of Romans, chapter 8, starting in verse number 1. And it says, Therefore there is no condemnation now exists for those in Christ Jesus. How many can say amen? There is no condemnation. Listen to me. There is no condemnation. Regardless what you've done when you came to Christ, it's a new beginning. It's a clean slate. There's no condemnation. Why do we continue to ponder and think about the past? The past was just that, the past. I had to go through what I went through, but when I came to Christ, I'm a new person. Amen? I'm a new creature. It says, because the Spirit's law of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
what the law cannot do since it's limited by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the flesh. Like ours under sin's domain and as a sin offering in order that the law's requirement would be accomplished in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, think about the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, about the things of the spirit, for the mindset of the flesh is death. The mindset of the flesh is death. But the mindset of the spirit is life and peace. Glory to God. If you have the mindset of Christ, if you if you are bathed in the word of God and in prayer on a daily basis, it says in the word of God, the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. There's a lot of people that you watch out there on the street. You watch on the news what's going on that don't live in peace. And we need to pray for that. For the mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it doesn't submit itself to God's law for it is unable to do so those who are in the flesh cannot please God you however are not in the flesh but in the spirit since the spirit of God lives in you but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ he does not belong to him now if Christ is in you the body is dead because of sin but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through His Spirit who lives in you. How many can say amen to that? Thank you, Lord, that uh, the Spirit of your Son, Jesus, that raised from the dead on the third day lives inside of me, lives inside of you. We need his spirit in order to walk in this challenging world that we're in on a daily basis. You, you, you can't just put your, your Christian life on cruise control and think that just because you came to Christ one day, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you could press the button, I'm going to heaven, and you could just cruise through here. You can't. You just can't. Look what it says on verses 15 through 17. Paul continues on and he says, For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, says in the word of God, by whom we carry out, we cry, we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testified together with our spirit that we are God's children. We are God's children. How many mama bears do we have here? How many papa bears do we have here? Do we take care of our kids or do we take care of our kids? Eddie, you take care of that daughter, right? And your son. We all do. We all do. Especially nowadays in schools, you got to have you you got to be like a hawk. Your eyes have to be open to what they're being taught in school and what they're reading in the books and in everything that we're going through right now. Everything. But, but listen to what it says in the word of God. It says on verse number 16, the spirit himself testified together with our spirit that we are God's children. We're his children. 
You, you take care of your daughter, but you got to understand that she's a child of God before she was yours. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, seeing that we suffer, seeing that we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Jesus, listen, we, we, a lot of times we, we, we think about what we're going through and, and how life is right now and, and society and how cynical. Hey, do you know that it was the same thing with Jesus was alive? Do, do you know that he would get to villages and people would reject him as well? Some received eating, others didn't receive it because they wanted nothing to do with him. The same way that they reject you right now because you're a believer, they rejected Jesus as well. The same thing that we are going through right now, you know what? Jesus went through it as well. So we're not exempt of that. And you know what? Are we going to be persecuted? Yes, we are. Because people know that we are a child of God. They know what we represent. They know what we don't stand for. However, Paul addresses the fact that Christians will suffer persecution for their faith. The wider application of his, of his teaching includes all kinds of difficulties and hurts in people's life in this world. We will go through that. In the middle of his, uh, one of his uh, favorite chapters to many, Paul makes a, a striking statement that reminds us of, per, uh, uh, of perspective in life. Listen to what he says. He writes on verse number 18. For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. How many can say amen to that? Come on, church. Can you say amen to that? Listen, what we're going through right now, what we're going through right now, it's difficult. But you know what? It's nothing compared to the glory, to, to what we're going to receive when we stand before the Lord. And, and, and you know what? I, I've said it numerous times and I, I was praying for somebody here this morning. And, and what, the, what the enemy would want you to do is to throw in the towel. We all been called. We all been called. There's something that we have inside of us. And it's the spirit of the living God that regardless where you work, whatever it is that you do, you need to share with others. You didn't come just to this world to uh, just have babies and that's it. No, 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 no. You came with a mission. God has placed you here for a mission. There's something that you need to do in that school. Uh, there, there's something, Martha, that you need to do in that school. Glory to God. Uh, you, you need to understand that God has called you for such a time as this. Are we going to be persecuted? Yes, we are. We are. I, I don't care what degree you have. I don't care what you do. You are going to be persecuted. Why? Because in what you believe. And what you believe. But you know what? Nobody is going to move me from that. Because I know in whom I believe. Imagine whatever Christian faces here, however great the loss, however deep the hurt, it is nothing to be compared to the glory which shall we receive to which will be revealed to us at one day 
That is, however painful and difficult the days of this present age might be for Christians, we will one day receive the fullness of that measure, of that revelation of who Christ is. Hallelujah. Christians will one day receive that full measure, and we need to understand that, of, his, uh, of, his heavenly, of our heavenly inheritance that we have. So yes, it's difficult, man. Yes, it's hard. But you know what? I I, I got something that I got to reach. I I I I got a goal that I got to reach. I th- th- there's a line that I have to pass, and I'm going to do it in Jesus' name. Inheritance. That's our inheritance, and the beauty of the splendor of all that we will receive on that day will totally will totally eclipse and erase the hurts and the pain and the suffering that we have been through in this world. We will not even remember the difficulties that we have at that moment. Glory to God. This encourages me. This this has to encourage you as a believer as well to know how great what we're going to receive the day that we stand before the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Listen to what it says in the Word of God. Therefore, we do not give up. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. We do not give up. For our momentary momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. Weight of glory, says in the word of God. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. This thing that, this mess that we're seeing right now, is temporal. We got to focus on what's unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, says in the word of God. And that's where our focus has to be. That's where we uh, that's where we got to set our goals. You know what? People set goals for retirement and and I want to have this much amount of money for retirement and I want to have this insurance and that policy and this policy. But a lot of people don't think about eternity. That money will end one day. But we need to plan for eternity. And it's not going to be here. Throughout his New Testament writings, the Apostle Paul suggests there are two ways of thinking. There's world's way, the world's way, and there's God's way as well. Scripture makes it clear they're not one of the same. They're not one of the same. So it is critical that we somehow adopt God's perspective on all matters of life. What is God's perspective? What does God want me to do about this? Is it bad? Is it difficult? Yes, but how can I change that to help those that are around me? Paul refers to it to having the mind of Christ, or better yet, renewing our minds. Renewing our minds. And we've spoken about renewing our mind numerous times here in this church. And uh, it's something that we don't do occasionally, that we got to do it on a daily basis. Renewing our mind with the word of God. Because you know what? You feel a pain in your foot, in your leg, in your whatever, your arm. And the first thing that's going to come to your mind, because that's the first thing that the enemy's uh, going to uh, send your way, is you got cancer. 
Or no, my dad had this, my mother had that, and my abuelita had that, and I'm going to have it as well. No, we got to renew our mind with the word of God on a daily basis, because if not, you will fall into that trap. Into that trap. So on a daily basis, we need to speak the words of God. He speaks about the subject at great length in his letter to the Philippians, where he encourages uh, the readers. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus. He said that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there's any praise, dwell on these things. Dwell on these things. No te metas en el chisme. Don't get into other people's business. Mind your own business. And stick to what it says in the word of God. Rejoice on these things. Get into the word and receive what is lovely. Ponder on these things. If one problem we have that is extremely big is that People are constantly getting into other people's business. Man, mind your own business. Look what it says in the word of God. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commandable. If there is any moral excellence and if there's any praise, dwell on these things. Stop criticizing people. Don't worry about what they do someplace else. Worry about yourself. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? That's what we need to worry about. You got to understand that. And uh, when, when he was writing this letter, uh, he, was, he was in jail. He was under terrible conditions. Um, but, but he still writes his letter and, 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 and gives it to us for us to understand it today, right now. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. He was in jail. But you know what? <laughs> Regardless of what I see, the rat that's over there that looks at me, as soon as I open my eyes, I'm looking at this rat, and this rat is looking at me, and the roaches, and the, and, and the filth in this cell. I rejoice. In the midst of everything, I rejoice. Listen to what it says. I do not say this out of need, for I have not learned, uh, because I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know both to have a little, and I know to have a lot. In any of all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Learn the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Glory to God. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of uh, pain, in the midst of agony, in the midst of uh, loss, you know what? I've learned to do everything for God's glory. Because God gives me strength. We, just like Paul, can be content 
no matter what happens when we have God and his perspective in our mind and in our life. Understand it. it it's only through Christ that we can do this. It's only through Christ. We can't do it no other way, but only through Christ. Christ gives us the power and the Holy Spirit gives us that strength to do what we need to do. That gives you and me the mindset that enables us to react of life circumstances in God's perspective. We all been through things. We all have testimonies of terrible things that have happened in our life in one sense or the other. You know, we, we, we all came into this fallen world and, and we all have struggled in certain areas. But you know what? What have we done with that? What have we done with that is what we need to keep in mind. The process of learning and embracing God's perspective is a lifelong pursuit. Lifelong pursuit. There, 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 there's things that this child is going through in school that you and I never went through in school. It's tough. But what she does with it is up to her. God could still shine in the midst of darkness. You got to understand that. God still shines in the midst of darkness if we represent God the way that we're supposed to. If we really believe that our, our presence in that place, whether it's workplace, whether it's a school or whatever, our presence will change the atmosphere of that place. But do we really believe that? That comes by making God all that we want in life. Paul faced his share of disturbing situations, yet he was able to keep fighting and remain faithful because of God's perspective. God's perspective. For the sake of time, I'm, I'm going to share with you uh, three areas God's perspective is crucial in our life. Uh, you know, there, there are countless of them, but I just want to share three with you this morning. Number one, God's perspective is crucial when we face calamity or disaster. God's perspective is crucial when we face calamity or we face disaster. Paul faced all sorts of disastrous situations, including being beaten, tortured, and in prison. But a major catastrophe occurred when uh, the ship transported him across the uh, Mediterranean Sea. And he encountered a typhoon strength storm called uh, Northeastern. As a result, the vessel was battered by wind and waves, and ultimately he was shipwrecked in the island of Malta. You could see that in Acts chapter 27. How did Paul respond to this calamity? Now think about it. He was with a bunch of guys on that ship. And all of a sudden, because of that storm, that Hurricane Eon ended up in this island. What did he do with it? Listen to what it says. How did he respond? He encouraged both crew and prisoners at the same time. He encouraged the crew and the prisoners at the same time. He testified about his faith to the Lord. And he healed many. He said, you know what? This is an opportunity that I am going to raise a house of worship right here in this island. And I'm going to pray for these people. And I'm going to share with them the gospel of what God has done in my life. 
Paul's conduct brought, brought honor to himself and to God for being obedient in his words. Hallelujah. Paul used the disastrous situation to serve God's purpose, to serve and, and to share with others what had happened in his life and to tell him that, you know what, it's going to be all right because God's with us. That's God's perspective in disaster. Don't let it go to waste. Use it for his glory. Whatever you might be going through, use it for his glory. Disasters also make people uh, retreat and become resentful at times or, or they make them be more compassionate, especially when a person is enduring similar circumstances, going through something similar as the other person. We react to disasters in, uh, in good and godly fashions when we turn to God in faith. If our faith is in God, you know what? We're going to react a different way. Uh, just the other day when uh, this uh, hurricane was going through and uh, days after, I was watching TV and I saw this man uh, going into a neighborhood with an airboat, uh, his own airboat, his own truck and everything, and him and his son, and he uh, drops the uh, airboat right there in, in, in the middle of the street, and it was like a, like a canal. I mean, water was very deep. And he goes in there and he goes to pick up the National Guard to take him home to home and rescue people that were in those homes that couldn't get out because of the water. And one of the things that the reporter was saying, because he was speaking for a long time with the uh, owner of the boat, he was saying, you know what, what's interesting right now? In the middle of this chaos that we see here, uh, there's nothing political. This man has brought out his own airboat and he's rescuing white, blacks, uh, purple, green, whatever color you are, whatever nationality you are, whatever party you are, he's rescuing them. He's not getting to their house and saying, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? Oh, no, no, die. Forget it. I'm going to the next one. No, 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 no. Everyone. He's rescuing everyone. And, 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 and that's what's supposed to happen in our life when we go through a problem, when we go through a situation. You know what? How can I better this situation to help others? To help others. And in the midst of doing that, you get healed as well. You get healed as well. When disaster strikes, don't get bitter. Get better. Get better. Become a better person. For it happens that it's essential that God will give you what you're looking for when you take care of others. But a lot of times we just think about ourselves and how we satisfy ourselves. How can we satisfy ourselves? The second one, you also need God's perspective and alternative uh, uh, routes or detours in life. How many like detours in life? Nobody likes detours in life. You know, nobody likes that. How many times have you been on the road and all of a sudden waves or, uh, waves or, or, or maps tells you to get off and go another direction? And, and, and you had everything planned. Well, you, you were in trucking, so you know what I'm talking about. And, and you had everything planned, and I'm going to get there at a certain time. And, and you're looking forward on the road, and you see absolutely nothing. But you know what? Waze knows what's going on. And for a reason, they're telling you to get off. It's the same thing when God tells us, you know what? You got to turn around and do things right. Or you got to get off now. This is the right exit. Whether you think it's the right exit or not, this is the right exit. But a lot of times, we fight with that. We fight with that. How many times have you uh, had uh, your future all mapped out and, and well-laid plans and, and place, but all of a sudden things change? Unexpectedly. 
things change. There, there, there's people in, 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 in Sarasota and all that area down there, you know what, that they lost everything that they had. Were they planning for that? No, they were not planning for that. They had their plan. They, they had their future already set. But, but you know what? We got to trust God. God's going to take care of us. God's going to take care of us. Re regardless what storm you go through, God's going to take care of you. How many times have you had things turn out just like you planned it? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes uh, uh, we, we got to go from point A to point B without, without first having to go to point C's and D and E. Because things change. Things just change in life. And that's precisely what happened to Paul during the second missionary trip. On his second missionary trip. He intended to make the gospel of Jesus Christ at various areas as Asia Minor. But here's what happened instead. God had another plan. Acts chapter 16 verse 6. And then verses 9 through 10. Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. Then Paul had a vision. Paul had a vi vision. Come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once and having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. God was calling them to go and preach the good news there. God had altogether different plans for Paul and Silas. And because they obeyed his call, they were able to reach new people in the continent of Europe. Because of God's, because their obedience to God. The alternative route detour wasn't a detour at all. It was God's plan all intended at one point. That is typically God's perspective in our detours. If you take a detour, if you have to take a detour, you know what? It's okay. Ask God. God, is this what you want for me right now? They don't take off. It's not going to take off of our course. They actually get us where the Lord wants us to be. So rather than resist the twists and the turns we face in life, we need to embrace them. And embrace them saying, you know what? God, you took me down this path for a reason. And I'm okay with it. I might think it's going to take a little bit longer, but you know what? You know better, God. You know better, God. And, and I'm not going to fight you. Lastly, the third one, we need God's perspective and setbacks or delays. How many like delays? Anybody like delays? How many like setbacks? You know, we live in a fast-paced world, don't we? And, 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 and we don't want delays. Delays just, uh, you know, uh, play with our mind. We want things now, right now. Why do I have to wait three weeks to get whatever? Why can't I get it now? That's, that's a society that we live in. That's the world that we live in. Paul said he learned to be content regardless what was going on. I, can you imagine Paul driving on 75 with a Palmetto on a Friday? And it's raining. Come on, Paul, tell me. How would you react at this moment? 
There's people in front of me and, 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 and it's just raining a little drizzle and, and people don't know how to drive, Paul. What do you think? Paul would probably still be content. And he would find something to do and maybe roll down his window and minister to the person next to them. But no, we get frustrated. And we get angry because we don't like delays. But the Lord teaches us patience. Patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Do we have it? No, not all of us. I know I don't. I know I'm working on it on a daily basis. I was on, uh, on a highway in Tennessee the other day with Pastor Yvette. We had gone to a conference, and all of a sudden, Waze gets us off from the highway. And I'm looking at her, and I'm saying, Babe, there's nothing going on right there. I mean, why do I have to get off? So I argue with Yvette, and, 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 and I argue with Waze. Babe, but why? Because she loves Waze, and I've used Waze forever. And she says, babe, Waze is better than maps. So, okay, babe. But why do I have to get off if there's nothing happening? But you know what? I was obedient, and I got off. And then when I get off, it, it throws me on the perimeter road, and, and then like a mile and a half down, I'm going on that road, which is all country, and then we're looking at the highway, and everything's on a standstill. And, I, and I'm looking at the time, and, you know, we want to wake it over there at a certain time and this and that, but, but you know what? God had it under control. God had it under control. And I just had to learn how to be obedient to my wife, to the Lord and ways. You know, it's a learning process on a daily basis, on a daily basis, you know, and I admit it. And I know that she's watching me right now. And yes, I thank you. I thank you for ways. <laughs> and I thank you for being patient together with me. But a lot of times we don't see the storm that's coming down the road. But the Lord does. And the Lord wants us to get off for a reason. Or how many people have been in a, in, in a, let's say you're tied up in traffic or whatever, and all of a sudden you see that somebody died in that, in that accident. And then what happens? You feel this big. Because you were complaining the entire time about the traffic, and there's somebody that died. And then you start praying for them and their family. Is it just me, or has it happened to anybody else? It happens. It happens. We, we don't like delays. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 uh, um, it says, uh, Paul describes a time when God uh, delayed him and, and granting him something that he had prayed earnestly for the longest time. And listen to what it says, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. It says, especially because of the extraordinary revelation, therefore, so that I would not exalt myself, a thorn in my flesh was given to me, and a messenger of Satan tormented me, so I would not exalt myself. Says in the word of God concerning this, I plead with the Lord three times to take away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. The power is perfect in weakness. For power is perfect in weakness. Do we accept that this morning? Therefore, I, was, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weakness so that Christ's power may reside in me. So I take pleasure in weakness and in insult, catastrophe, persecution, and pressures because of Christ. For when I am weak, 
then I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong, says Paul. Paul found God's perspective and realized the benefit of having to wait for an answer. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. How many of you have been praying for a while for something? Raise your hand. You've been praying. You've been praying. And you've been praying. And you've still been praying. And you've still been praying and you haven't seen anything. We got to be patient. We got to understand that, you know what? God heard us the first time. And even though that there's a delay, God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes. The delay caused him to uh, rely on God's grace. It was revealed by enabling Paul to do things and minister in ways he could not do uh, for himself. He could not do it on his own. But he got God's perspective. God is concerned about our character. God wants us to be holy. Keep that in mind. God wants us to be holy. And one of the primary ways in which we God shapes our character is Christ-likeness and makes us holy through patience and waiting upon Him to act. Being patient and waiting for God to act. And I've said it numerous times. I've said it in the men's group numerous times. Just because we don't see something happen right now, even though you prayed, it does not mean that God's not doing anything. It does not mean that God's not doing anything. As a matter of fact, in, in that prayer time, instead of getting anxious and, and worried and concerned and God didn't hear me, no, God heard you. God doesn't have Alzheimer's. He doesn't have an hearing, uh, hearing aid. You know, he, he heard you, but he's working behind the scenes. And, and when it's going to come out, it's going to be better than what you expected. But just wait. Be patient to see what God is doing. Be patient to see what God is doing. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 and 4 says, And not only that, but we also rejoice in our afflictions because we know that our afflictions produces endurance. Endurance produces proven character. And proven character produces hope produces hope. I want to ask you to stand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba, that you're teaching us patience. That you're teaching us to have your perspective in life, not our perspective in life. Not the world's perspective, but your perspective. When I started the message, I mentioned that some of the uh, cadets at the RLTC program, JRLTC program, came from a broken home. And I was one of those also that came from a broken home. And my dad was never there. So the way that I embrace those kids is like if they were my own kids and Pastor Yvette as well. But I knew what it meant for me to have or wish to have my dad there with me when I had accomplishments in my life. But my dad was never there. But I learned in life that problems 
trials and delays. Problems, trials, and delay can be viewed in a positive fashion. In a positive fashion when seen from God's perspective. They give us endurance. There's this endurance that comes from inside of you that you know for a fact that it was only God. That you made it only because of God. Not because of anything else, but because of God. That, that you came out as normal as you came out because of God. Because in the midst of that situation that you went through, you could have been way out there. You, you could have been six feet under. But because of God, things changed in your life. Because of God's perspective, there's a strength, there's a character that the Lord fills you with. That it's supernatural. You can't explain it to people and people would not understand because it's supernatural. Something supernatural that only God can do. There's a hope inside of you that only God can give you. That endurance, that character, that hope that he stores inside of you, in my case, gave me the platform to speak to couples of the devastating impact in a child's life when it comes to divorce. I wish that would have never happened to me, but it happened. But as I, as I grew up and as I grew in the faith, I, I saw things from God's point of view and I said, there, there's something more just than what I went through. And that more is to be able to deposit in people's life and to the glory of God, Pastor Yvette and I, and 26 years of ministry that we have and, and 37 years that will be in February that we've been married, uh, the Lord's given us the ability to pour into couples' life. And to people's life. And, and, and for them to see, not that I read it in a textbook, not that I learned it from a textbook, but that I lived it in my life and I saw what I went through because of divorce. Now I see it from God's perspective. Was it God's plan for my parents to get divorced? No, it was not. It was the enemy's plan. But I had to make a choice one day. And, and, and my choice that I made, I, I said, you know what? I am going to look at it from the eyes of God. How can, I, how can I help somebody not go through what I went through? Now, I had an option. And everybody has an option. You either do it God's way or you do it your way. If you're going to do it your way, you're going to be a bitter and angry person until the day you die. Because of what you've been through. The loss of a husband, 
the loss of a wife, the loss of a child, the loss of a home, the loss of, a, I don't know, a job that, that you had put in the pedestal. But when, when you see it from God's perspective, you got to say, God, there's more to it. They're, 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 I, 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 can't, I can't soak in this, in this pain that I'm going through. My life can't be just consistent of this pain that I'm going through right here that nobody else sees and nobody else understands because it did not happen to them. But, but, but what do you want me to do with this that I'm carrying? And not until you kick that and you get out of there of that world and understand that there's a... There's a calling in your life and there's something that God wants you to share with the next person that is next to you because they're going through the same thing that you went through. Not until you do that, you don't receive that peace, that overwhelming peace, knowing that, you know what? In the midst of it all, God was with me. God was with me. In the midst of that storm, God was with me. Jennifer was just telling us today about her nephew and, and you know that we played, we, we, we prayed for him for the longest time here for that, that tumor that he had in his, in his brain and, and everything that the doctors were saying in the best hospital that he could go and step into and with everything that they were saying and, and we were coming against every word that they were saying and, 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 and just this week, just this week, He's in full-time ministry right now. And he's preaching the word of God. And, 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 and there was a purpose in his life. Was it, was it something that his parents wanted him to have or he wanted to have? No, that, that's not the case. But this man could go into a cancer unit right now and speak into the life of other people and say, you know what, I was there. But my God... My God, my God healed me. And my church prayed for me. And today I stand in a pulpit and preach the word of God. Or he could have said, you know what? God, why did you send this to my life? I'm a believer and I've been a believer for years. And my family's a believer. And my abuelita and everybody and their mother are praying for me. And they're all believers and you send this on me. Why, God? And he could have sat there forever and ever. But he saw things from God's perspective. And he said, I am going to do something with it now. For God's glory. Because the one that healed me is Jesus. The blood of Jesus. And all these teenagers and all these young adults and elderly people or whatever it might be, they need to know, they need to understand that God will deliver you as well. So my question to you this morning is, perspective, think about this for a moment. I'm not denying your troubles. I'm not denying what, what you're going through right now. Hilda, I understand. But what are we going to do with what we're going through? Are we just going to soak in pain and 
and, and be somber all the time and, 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 and just be depressed and angry or we're just going to say, Lord, use me for your glory. Use me for your glory because it's not that I will be healed. It's that I'm walking in my healing already. I, I still have that pain right there in my toe or my, whatever it might, might be. But you know what? Lord, I rejoice because I know that I am healed already. And I'm going to use it for your glory, Lord. Perspective. One day, one day, you will live in a glorious state where you will forever forget the sufferings that you went through. At that present age, you, you, you're just gonna you're just gonna forget when you stand before that throne. You're going to forget every tear that you shed, every pain that you went through. You, you're just going to forget completely. Could anything be more encouraging than that? Could anything be more encouraging than that right now for ourselves? Knowing that, you know what, one day, one day, it will all be over. And we stand before the throne and we would hear the words, well done. Well done. Well done. Would you bow your heads right now? Those that are watching online, maybe there's someone out there that is going through something terrible right now. And I am here to tell you this morning that the only answer that you have and the only hope that you have is in Christ Jesus. And maybe you never accepted the Lord as your Savior, and I want to give you that opportunity right now. And just right there where you're at right now, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, come on, say it loud that the Lord could hear you. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for your Son, Jesus. I thank you for the price that he paid on the cross for me. I thank you for forgiving my sins and I thank you also for preparing a place for me. For when that day that you call me, Lord, I will be able to stand before you. Lord, I accept your son Jesus right now as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I will follow you every single day. I ask, Lord, that you would help me on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, give me revelation of your word. I ask all these things in the glorious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I pray to God that you have made that prayer this morning. And I tell you that it's the best decision that you made in your life. And I, and I ask you to please send us an email and let us know uh, that you accepted Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. And we will tell you what your next step is. Please send us an email and we rejoice together with you. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now for the decision that you made. God bless you. And, and please join us again on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. And obviously next Sunday as well. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful week. God bless you.